are listening to the Eating Disorders Recovery Podcast with me, Tabitha Farrar. Hello there, welcome to this week's podcast. This week I'm going to talk about mental hunger and I'm going to define the difference between mental hunger and physical hunger and why that's important. And mental hunger is something that I write about a lot in my blogs and I know I talk about it in podcasts and I have defined it in my blogs before but I wanted to do a podcast episode just dedicated to this really important topic because the, the distinction is crucial actually for your recovery, that distinction between mental hunger and physical hunger because responding to mental hunger is really crucial for your recovery. So first of all, well, what am I talking about when I say mental hunger what do I mean by that? When I say mental hunger, what I mean by that is any time that you are thinking about food. And so that can be just straight out thinking about food, thinking about what you're going to eat later. Or even a lot of the time you're not even thinking about what you're going to eat because you think about foods that you wouldn't allow yourself to eat. But you're thinking about what could be possible to eat. But sometimes mental hunger is thinking about not eating. Um, and I also think that mental hunger is any time that you're thinking about Something, uh, a compensatory behavior or something that possibly allows you to eat more food, even those sort of little OCD behaviors that we do. So I used to often think about, um, um, this sounds really crazy when I say it out loud, but I'm sure that many of you will understand and know where I'm coming from. But I also, I used to often think about um, small spoons because for a long time, um, I'm embarrassed to say, I only allowed myself to eat with teaspoons, small spoons. And... Um, but I used to think about that a lot, and, and I put that down to mental hunger. It's just something that my brain is latching onto that allows me to eat, and so it's thinking about that. Um, but So it can be things that seem quite unrelated to actual eating that are actually about eating. Those little obsessions that we have, um, that's mental hunger. I used to think about exercise a lot before I went cold turkey on the exercise, and that was mental hunger as well, because exercising allowed me to justify eating. Um, so anything that you do that allows you to potentially, because sometimes we do things that potentially would allow us to eat more food and then we don't actually end up eating more food because we get scared and wimp out. But anyway, so anything that sort of could potentially allow you to eat more food, thinking about food, thinking about not eating food, thinking about any of the compensatory behaviors such as um, exercise or even lower level movements like, oh, you know, her walk, Five minutes further today that means I get to eat a magnum at the end of the day so anything that's around those lines and anything that you can trace back to thinking about food or thinking about the behaviors that lead to food that's mental hunger and why is that important because if you respond to mental hunger you're going to eat enough food to weight restore that's why this is important and also that mental hunger is going to guide you throughout this entire process as to how much food that you need to eat. Look, we're all different. Our bodies are all different. And while we may be able to put a sort of ballpark number on, well, these are how, this is how much a person in weight restoration from anorexia should be eating. Your body is doing that for you with your mental hunger. You don't need a dietitian or somebody with a book to say, this is the average amount that most people in recovery from anorexia need to eat and there's so much controversy around all of that anyway there's so much argument there's people like me that say you need to eat lots and lots and lots and lots and then there's other people that say oh no people with anorexia get scared and they can't handle eating a lot so we need to incrementally very slowly take them up to eat a lot 
But you know what? All of this is opinion. Your body is telling you with that mental hunger exactly how much you need to eat in order to weight restore. So listen to that. That's why this is important. And this also requires a large degree of accountability. But I know that you can do this. The reason it requires accountability is because you can kid yourself that you don't have that mental hunger and you can kid yourself that you don't need to eat more food. But I don't believe in disempowering people with anorexia and saying, oh, you poor little thing, you can't do this, you're too scared. No, that's not going to get you anywhere. You can do this and you are accountable to yourself for doing the very best that you can to eat as much as your mental hunger is asking you to. You can't rely on physical hunger cues and many of us have a distinct absence of real physical hunger cues and you know you might get a um, some mild physical hunger cues some people don't get them at all some people get them sporadically you absolutely cannot rely on your physical hunger cues when you've been restricting and there's a really good reason for that it's because your body's really smart and it um, reduces physical hunger cues um, when you are in energy deficit and the reason for that is it comes, I guess, down to the brainstem area of the brain. And the brainstem area is one of the, um, well, the part of the brain that's been around the longest. It's um, often referred to as the caveman part of the brain or the reptile brain. It's the part of the brain that would have helped early humans survive and evolve. And it's a part of the brain that evolved to survive. It's your survival center. And um, as far as your survival center is concerned, if you're not eating enough food, if you're in energy deficit defined by not eating as much as you need, then that part of your brain's going to be like, yep, we must be in a famine environment. That's the only explanation for this. Because as far as your brainstem area is concerned, that is the only logical explanation. Your brainstem area doesn't know or even care that maybe you actually started eating less because somebody at school said something about your thighs or somebody else said that you should go on a diet or that all of your friends at school were going on a diet or a cleanse and it was the fashionable thing to do. Your brainstem area doesn't give two hoots about that sort of thing. All it knows is the data it's being given and the data it's being given is not enough food coming in. Therefore, explanation must be famine. And if there's a famine and resources are really scarce and your brain knows that there's not enough food in the environment, then your brain's not going to waste energy giving you physical hunger signals because physical hunger signals are expensive to your body. They cost fuel to generate. And so your brain's not going to give you physical hunger signals that cost it very, very precious fuel if there's no food in the environment anyway. That would be like you, if you, the electricity was out in your house, you're not going to sit there pressing the button on the television hoping that it will come on or pressing the keys on your computer hoping that something will happen. You know it's not going to, so why would you waste the energy doing that? Your brain's a bit smart like that. It says, we're in a famine environment, there's not food out there, so I'm not going to waste energy on a physical hunger signal. But your brain also knows that you're in a state of malnutrition. And that food is the most important thing that you should be thinking about right now. So rather than giving you those physical hunger signals, it gives you mental hunger signals. And that's probably why you're thinking about food the whole time. You're in energy deficit. Sometimes it's really awful to admit that and you might not even want to admit that to yourself. But that mental hunger is there. That thinking about food the whole time is there. And that is your guide as to your levels of hunger. 
And I know that you might be sitting thinking there like, what? She's crazy. If I responded to mental hunger, I'd be eating all the time because I'm thinking of food all the time. Bingo. Exactly. But it's okay. Because if you respond to the mental hunger and you eat all the time, then when you're out of energy deficit, the mental hunger reduces. Possibly even goes away and is replaced by physical hunger. Because as you come out of energy deficit, your body has the resources to, de- um, to le- deliver to you physical hunger cues. And because you're eating and you're eating regularly, then your body thinks, oh, good, we're out of the famine now. So there's a point in giving physical hunger cues. It's not a complete waste of energy to do that. And so you'll notice as you come out of energy deficit, as you weight restore, if that's what's needed, or as if you eat more food, and gradually your physical hunger cues start to come back and your mental hunger, that thinking about food the whole time, reduces. It's remarkable really, isn't it, how smart your body is. It will do all of this for you. The mental hunger is there guiding you. Then when that's not needed anymore, that will go away and the physical hunger cues will come back. You don't really need to think about this at all. You just need to respond to what your body's asking you to do, which at the moment is eat more food. If you want a biological or a more biological explanation to that, then then the hormone that's most relevant here is ghrelin. Ghrelin is um, this hormone that signals to your brain from your body that more food is needed. And it's been studies have shown that in people who are in energy deficit, and there have been studies done on people with anorexia, that when you're in energy deficit, when you're restricting, when you're underweight, this um, ghrelin levels are really high. That makes sense, doesn't it? Because your body's like, hello, 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 need more food, need more food, brain, ask for more food. And um, studies have also shown that after or during refeeding and then after um, weight restoration is reached and achieved and energy balance is achieved, those ghrelin levels go back down to normal. It's because your body's really smart and it's doing what it needs to do. And when you're in energy balance, it will no longer need to send loads and loads of signals to your brain asking you to eat food. And that's the really wonderful part of all this, is that when you're um, recovered, you don't think about food the whole time. And I know that that is probably really hard for you to believe, and it certainly would have been hard for me to believe. I mean, I've been in energy deficit for a good 10 years, and um, I've been so used to just thinking about food the whole time that I couldn't really imagine not thinking about food the whole time. And I think that if I'd have told myself that, or somebody had told me, that at that time I would have thought that they were crazy or I just wouldn't have believed them. Because it's really difficult to imagine being in a state that you're not in currently and it's definitely difficult to imagine thinking in a way that you don't think in currently. But one of the most wonderful things about recovery is not thinking about food the whole time. So as far as your body is concerned, there are three vital substances for life and those are food, water, oxygen. If one of those three vital substances is in deficit, your brain is going to let you know about it. If you don't have oxygen, your brain's going to let you know about it really fast and all you're going to be able to think about is air. Try holding your breath for a couple of seconds, that already starts to happen. Don't hold it too long though. If you don't drink water, which I don't recommend by the way, but I'm just saying, if you don't drink water all day today, then 
your brain is going to start thinking about water the whole time. And I've noticed this, like even if, say, if I've, I've gone somewhere and I've forgotten to take water with me and I haven't been able to pick it up, or if I, it often happens when I'm driving and if I have to drive for a couple of hours and I forget to take water and I'm kind of in a rush and I don't want to stop, I start to really think about water and in the end I'll end up having to stop at the service station and get some just something to drink because that, that really happens if, if you're thirsty then I, I, you start to think about water the whole time. And guess what else? If you don't have enough food, your body is in energy deficit and it's hungry, you're going to think about food the whole time. And so that's what that mental hunger is. That is an indication that your body is in energy deficit. And the other thing that I think is really important to point out about mental hunger is it's not normal. And, um, it might be normal for you. You might have been in energy deficit for ages and ages. And so it might feel like you're normal but it's not actually normal. It's an indication that something's really wrong. And um, I'm also laughing when I say that because it seems so obvious. But I tell you, it wasn't obvious to me when I was in energy deficit. I just thought I was broken. I just thought that I was crazy person that thought about food the whole time. I thought that that was me. I thought that was my brain. And um, because I thought it was my brain, that was one of the things that sort of made me restrict because I thought, you know, if I don't restrict, I'm just going to want to eat the whole time. And it was true, actually. You know, in recovery, I did want to eat the whole time, and I needed to eat the whole time. But as I came out of energy deficit, my need to need do that diminished gradually. And this is the wonderful thing about following that mental hunger, is if you do that, it's your guide throughout the whole recovery. And you know, I'm not a huge fan of meal plans. I think that if they can be a stepping stone to get you towards eating more, and they can, if you're eating really, really low amounts of food, then it can be sometimes needed to help you get up there. But it, at any time, I think if you can be accountable to responding to that mental hunger, so if you've eaten whatever it says you're supposed to have for lunch on your meal plan and then afterwards you're still thinking about food, can you be accountable to actually eating more food? And it's really important that you do so because if you can do that, yeah, you're going to eat a load of food. But if you can respond, if you can meet mental hunger and you can keep doing so, as your weight restoration happens, as you come out of energy deficit, then that mental hunger gradually decreases. And so therefore, your intake gradually decreases from being abnormally high, because we need to eat abnormally high amounts of food to recover, to normal. It's like your body guides you through this whole process, and you don't need a meal plan to do it for you if you actually respond to that mental hunger. And the reason that that's so great is because a lot of the time people say to me, well, say if, if you know, my dietitian's put me on a, a weight restoration meal plan of um, X amount of calories, then how do I know when I'm weight restored to, is she, is she then going to say, oh, now you need to reduce that, now we reduce your meal plan? It just feels so artificial and fake and it's actually so unneeded because if you respond to mental hunger, your body will naturally desire less food when your weight restored. And when I say less food, that will actually be a normal amount of food for you because you're going to need high, high amounts of food to weight restore. And that will naturally come down to a normal amount of food as your body's weight restored. That's, that's what happens when those ghrelin levels come back down to normal and the body's no longer giving feedback to the brain saying, hello brain, I need to eat the whole time. You need to eat the whole time get food, get food, get food. So your intake naturally levels out. And the other part that's important here is responding to mental hunger with the food that you desire the first time. So for example here, I might have just had lunch 
and I might be thinking, God, I could really eat some chocolate cake. I'd love some chocolate cake. I really, really want chocolate cake. And then my anorexia brain goes, ha, no, you can't eat chocolate cake because that's bad for you. So, well, I know I'm supposed to be responding to mental hunger. So I know, why don't you eat a yogurt instead? So you eat yogurt instead of the chocolate cake that you really wanted. And I'm going to say, eh, eh. nope. If the thing that you really wanted was chocolate cake, then guess what? That's the thing that you should eat. And you need to be accountable to yourself for being honest there and not sort of taking the cop-out option or the safe option and saying, oh, well, I am responding to mental hunger because I ate more, but I didn't eat what I really wanted. Yeah, respond to mental hunger by eating what you really want without judgment. So don't judge what you want to eat. Don't judge when you want to eat. Don't judge how much that you want to eat. And definitely do not judge what you want to eat as good or bad. If your brain is asking you for a food, then that's the food that you need, plain and simple, and you eat that food. And we can really eat out of balance in recovery. And sometimes you really will need to eat out of balance in recovery. So the reason for this would be, well, for me, for 10 years, pretty much my diet had been made up of fruit and vegetables. That had been my staple diet because I'd been in heavy restriction and that's what I'd eaten. And so I was heavily out of balance there. I had not been eating enough fat. I had not been eating enough calories. I'd not been eating enough sugar. I had not been eating enough of anything else, basically. And so in order to get back into balance in the recovery period, I had to eat far far out of balance and for the first couple of weeks at least all I really wanted to eat was highly fatty sugary foods and of course my brain my anorexia brain had a lot to say about that it told me see if you eat unrestricted this is what happens if you eat unrestricted all you're going to eat is donuts for the rest of your life but that's not true if you eat unrestricted then your body will crave and want the things it's been missing and it will want to eat large amounts of those foods because that's what it needs but if you continue to eat unrestricted you'll notice that over time you come naturally into balance so after a while I did start to actually think you know like I started to actually want to eat maybe a little bit of fruit and veg nothing in the quantity that I've been eating when I was restricting and I doubt that I ever will eat fruit and veg in that quantity but that's where we come to this natural balance. And if you allow your body to guide you as to what you want to eat and you allow that without judgment, it all works out in the end. Your body has got this. It knows what it's doing. It knows what you need. And so if in the initial stages of recovery, all you want to eat is chocolate cake and donuts, don't worry about it too much. Respond to that. It will go through that phase and then you'll move on to another phase. And that might be meat. So I went through a meat phase and that's all I wanted to eat. And I went really quite off sweets things and I just wanted to eat protein and meat. And then I went through another phase and then I went through another phase. And then I wound up at balanced eating right at the end. It took a couple of months. and But it's been years now. And I'd say that I have a really balanced, naturally balanced diet. You know, I love cheesecakes. I love fries. I love burgers but I'll also eat fruit, I'll also eat veg. But just in balanced quantities, not in the huge, vast, unbalanced quantities that I used to eat before. So trust your body, trust that mental hunger to guide you, not just as to how much you need to eat, but what you need to eat. And the most important part there is do so without judgments. And so physical hunger cues, 
As you move through um, rate restoration and move towards energy balance, physical hunger cues will start to come back and they can be inappropriate. They can kind of like just be a bit random out, and out of the blue. It's like your, your, your body's trying to tune up. Um, so do respond to physical hunger cues. You know, physical hunger cues are like this, you know, imagine like a little stray kitten that you're trying, is really shy and you're trying to coax it to come into the house. You're like, yes, come on, you know, coax the physical hunger cues, respond to them, get excited about it, be like, thank you, body, for giving me a physical hunger cue. I want more of those. Respond to them by eating, because here's the thing. Say if you get like a random physical hunger cue when you're in, um, when you're in recovery, and it's sort of three o'clock in the afternoon, you've just had your afternoon snack, and then you get this physical hunger cue, and you're, you know, like, you're like, are you kidding? Now I get a physical hunger cue? I just ate. There's no way I'm eating again till dinner, and you ignore it. Well, then your body's like, well, I tried a physical hunger cue, wasn't, wasn't responded to, therefore we're still in famine. So you don't want to do that. No matter how inappropriate it feels, if you get a physical hunger cue, you respond to that by eating food. Yeah. So your anorexia brain might have something to say about that, but since when did we listen to the anorexia brain in recovery? If you get a physical hunger cue, that's like gold dust. It's like that stray kitten that you want to tame. You go, yes, 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 come in, come in. You respond to it and you eat food. And um, if you're responding to mental hunger anyway, then you're probably going to be eating a lot of food. So a little bit extra when you get a physical hunger signal is not going to make much difference. The best part of this whole process in responding to mental hunger is that your body really knows what it's doing. It's this evolved survival machine and it knows what it's doing. There's a reason that you don't have physical hunger cues. There's a reason that you're thinking about food the whole time. If you respond to that mental hunger, you will start to weight restore. And as you do so, the need for that mental hunger will naturally decline. And so in the initial stages, you're going to eat a lot of food. And for me personally, when I responded to mental hunger, it looked like between five and 10,000 calories a day. And of course that felt like a lot. And of course my anorexia was freaking out about that. But that was the truth for me. That was what my truth was if I responded to mental hunger. Another truth is that that didn't actually last half as long as I thought it would. That lasted a little while. And then as my body and my brain started to know that it was coming out of the famine, I started to get physical hunger cues and my mental hunger started to decrease. And long story short, at the end of it, what I wound up with was a weight restored body that was in energy balance with robust, sturdy, physical hunger cues and no mental hunger. I do not think about food. And that's a gift. And that, just that alone, not having that noise in my brain thinking about food the whole time, that makes recovery so worth it because my brain is free to think about other things. It's not like I'm just not thinking. Just other things came in to replace the thinking about food the whole time. Trust your body, respond to mental hunger, your body will get you to full recovery if you listen to it. Over and out. That's all for today. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. My email address is info at tabithafarrar.com or you can tweet at me. It's at love underscore fat underscore. Thanks for listening.